Welcome back to the number one pack podcast in America, Facts About Packs, brought to you by the National Association of Business Political Action Committees, and I am your host, Michaela Isler, NABPAC's Executive Director. It's mid-July. Did you get your taxes in on time? We have a big announcement today, Adam Belmar. You won the 2020 Communicator Award. This is amazing news. Oh, well, you're so kind. Thank you. You know, I uh, have been really lucky to work on some substantive podcasts. Facts About Packs is one, but to get a little bit of hardware, and we are an audio podcast, but I'm holding it up for people to see. And as you can tell on the radio, it's quite beautiful. And it speaks really to my acumen as a writer, producer, and editor. And uh, that podcast, if you want to go check it out, is the Amazing Things podcast, which I've been doing since 2016 for the United for Medical Research Group. And we try and explore all of the amazing things that are coming out of the federal investment in biomedical research through the National Institutes of Health. And you are incredibly supportive, Michaela and Abigail, and thank you for mentioning it. Well, we are so proud of you. And, you know, as you talk about welcome to the 15th episode of the Facts About PACS podcast, we would not be where we are today without you, Adam Belmar. So congratulations and thank you. Well, thank you. And Abigail Cave, uh, how's Wyoming? Wyoming is great. I was out on the campaign trail this weekend. I drove up the north or I drove up the east side of Wyoming from Laramie County through Goshen County and Niobrara County, which is the least populated county in Wyoming. Fun facts. And then Weston County ended up in Crook County, where I went to Aladdin, Wyoming, which has a population of a whopping 15 people. I met all 15 people at a lovely little picnic. It was great. And then I had the chance on a little tiny spur of the moment vacation to go over to Devil's Tower, which is the first national monument in the United States. I had never seen it before, even though I lived in Wyoming my entire life. So it was a fun little side trip. I went twice. I went once at sunset and once at sunrise. So it was a really good trip. I met lots of Wyoming people, hopefully a lot of them who will vote for us. We'll see on August 18th. I was going to say, are those 15 people going to be voting for you? I think we have a pretty good chance. There's probably a couple <laughs> who are, you know, out there. But I think, I think I made a good impression for the campaign. First of all, hashtag motivated. And then second of all, when you're out there, just take, take all of the listeners of Facts About PACs into what it's going to look like come election time. Is there a mail-in voting solution? What, what happens for folks out in rural Wyoming? Yeah, so we do have um, absentee voting here in Wyoming, and you can mail it until the day of the election. And actually, a lot of people use that. It's really the only way I've ever voted in Wyoming is via absentee. We usually anticipate for primary voters about 25,000 people to request absentee ballots. There's about 100,000 primary voters in Wyoming. At the end of June, over 46,000 people had requested absentee ballots. So that's about half of all absentee voters in the primary in Wyoming. And we anticipate way more of that. So it'll be interesting. I think a lot of the rural voters choose to do it that way because it's a long drive into the county courthouses. Is COVID a big topic when you talk to people? You know, in Wyoming, I would say, like in the bigger towns like Casper and Cheyenne, I would say it's like a 50-50 split of people who take it seriously, people who are worried about it. And then the smaller towns, like some of the counties have had maybe one case or two cases. So they're not, it's not a concern for them. They're not super worried about it. They're a little more frustrated about the fact that businesses aren't opening fast enough or 
the economy's not opening. So it really depends on where you are in Wyoming. And then you have plenty of the deniers who say it's not real. We don't need to worry about it. Well, we keep hearing that this is going to be the, the highest turnout ever because of absentee ballot and mail-in ballots. So it'll be interesting to see when we actually know the results of the elections this year due to that. Well, Mr. Belmar, if you would be so kind. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business PACs. In every episode, we recap this week's NABPAC activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. Thank you, Adam. So before we go a minute further, I do want to flag some very important news for all of our NAB packers. Coming up this week on Wednesday, the 22nd, we all have an exclusive opportunity to meet with Congressman Rodney Davis. Congressman Davis is Republican from the 13th District of Illinois, and he is the ranking member on the House Administration Committee, and that's critically important for our community, given that this is the committee of jurisdiction where all of the legislation related to campaign finance laws reside. So we are looking forward to that opportunity this week and excited for our members to be able to have a chance to sit down and chat with him. Keeping track of our industry and our members is clearly a top priority here at NABPAC, and that has never been more true than during the coronavirus pandemic. So for the third time during the era of COVID-19, we conducted a survey of the membership to see how the community is approaching their PAC programs. That's right, Michaela. 55 NABPAC members participated in the survey that was conducted between June 22nd and July 10th. The biggest takeaway from the survey is that currently we are split down the middle on the question of has your PAC resumed fundraising? And along with that important question, has there been pushback? In terms of soliciting members and employees, 49% of respondents said yes, they are soliciting again, which kind of signals to us that there's been some return to a version of normal. Even if it's not the normal we used to know, people are moving back in that direction. In terms of pushback from their solicitable classes during this campaign, 14% said they did receive pushback, meaning that 85% of their solicitable class of the respondents didn't give any pushback. So I think people are open to the idea of being solicited again, they're opening open to the idea of giving politically again. As we say on repeat here on the Facts About PACs podcast, November's coming, and I think PACs and their lobbyists and their government affairs staff are realizing this and taking the steps they have to to stay relevant and stay engaged. And this really matches sort of the anecdotal stories that we're hearing from our members in the PAC community. And in fact, in talking one-off with many of our members, not only are they not getting any pushback, but they're actually seeing record response rates more than they really anticipated. So I think it's just furthering the notion that the employees want their organizations to be engaged in the political process and are responding to the communications that they're pushing out. When we conducted the first survey, we had very few of our members that were planning to engage in virtual fundraising events weren't quite sure how they were going to get checks out the door. This was all going to be just a new set of processes. Uh, and we didn't know how long this was going to go on. But clearly, as COVID has continued to impact the country, offices remain closed down. The business pack community has really pivoted and rallied and are back in the game, moving in that direction. Yeah, Michaela, we're looking at how people took pretty drastic measures at the beginning of this crisis to combat it or to mitigate some of the circumstances. But if you look at 
the impact of the crisis on Packersy. It's interesting. It's not as bad as I would have guessed. About 32% of respondents are reporting a slight impact, and only 21% have reported a significant impact. So I think that's going to make it easier for us to bounce back once we do go to business as usual. The business PAC community is being innovative and creative in how they communicate virtually with their PAC eligibles. And, you know, they've re-engaged their PAC ambassadors and their peer-to-peer programs. And as we've been talking about, they've implemented a PAC match program that maybe they weren't considering before. And we're seeing a lot of interest in virtual auctions and sweepstakes and unique ways to fundraise in this environment. And it's resonating. Michaela, what did you see in the poll results about what folks are talking to their PAC eligibles about? You know, Adam, that's a great question. I think one of the things we've been talking about from the very beginning was to stay engaged with your employees and whether it's talking about the upcoming election, how your organization has been involved with the COVID crisis, if they were frontline workers, which many of our member companies, whether they were emergency physicians or in the pharmaceutical industry, really just talking about the impact that COVID is having on their organization and how they are engaged in the process has been one of the number one issues that our members have been communicating back to their employees and their member organizations. Additionally, Adam, really, when you look at the survey and you look at the voter registration and get out the vote efforts, back in March and April, the numbers were hovering a little bit under 40%, but we saw a real spike in June in amount of communications that our members are sending out related to voter registration and get out the vote. And now we see that one of the biggest spikes in this survey is that our members are communicating on the importance of being engaged in the political process almost at 60%. Yeah, the narrative responses, they really reflect what you're talking about, the return to normalcy, at least in terms of how and on what topics they're communicating with their eligible class. Uh, There's one quote in here I love. We've started back on our normal internal communication schedule and are hosting robust digital events. NABPAC's showing and modeling how you do these digital events, and all of these PACs are really starting to get more familiar, both on their membership side, their donor side, and with these candidates of how to, how to make a digital connection work. When we first started thinking about the pandemic and how PACs were going to proceed, many PACs, they didn't do ACH transfers. They cut hard checks and they mailed those. And I think a lot of them still do that, but people are starting to realize how convenient and easy and necessary it is to have the availability of those ACH payments. Hashtag fact. And in fact, there's one of those quotes in this uh, narrative where, where people have identified a month ago, we had never done an ACH transfer uh, for our PAC donation to candidates, but we're doing it now. Exactly. And I think, I mean, we on our campaign still do mostly checks, but we're, we're open. So that makes a difference. But I think people are realizing that you got to get the money out. You got to get it out fast. There's only 109 days left until the election. And so a lot of campaigns don't have time to sit and wait for two weeks for the United States Postal Service to get a check to them. So ACH, I think, is going to be the way of the future. I think it's going to be the way most PACs need to start conducting their business just to be on the front end, just to be there first. Yeah, Abigail, and I think you brought up a good point because even four months ago, when talking with a lot of the fundraisers, they didn't even have an ability to receive ACH funds. And I think from both the candidate side and the PAC side, we've all progressed pretty quickly in this new world. And I don't think we'll go back. I mean, this is much more efficient, effective, safe way of giving to candidates. 
So on a tactical level, I've found that the narrative response in our tracking survey to be most insightful. Uh, it's going to be interesting. We, you know, we're not sure if we're going to do a fourth survey or not, but I think we have been able to provide our members with the support they need to sort of dip their toe back into the solicitation game and get back on track. And so I can't wait to see where we end at the end of this cycle. So thank you, Abigail and Adam, for your insights today. And thank you to all of our listeners for sharing this podcast with friends and colleagues and making us the number one PAC podcast in America. Until next week, stay safe, stay engaged, and keep moving forward.